The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to Connected Data Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about what you need to know about the value and practice of weaving multiple data sources together to better personalize your marketing. Joining us for Connected Data Week is Josh Francia, who is the Chief Growth Officer at BlueShift, which is a San Francisco-based company that helps brands deliver relevant connected experiences across every customer interaction. BlueShift's Smart Hub CDP uses patented AI technology to unify, inform, and activate the fullness of customer data across all channels and applications. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, BlueShift is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So far this week, Josh and I have talked about the value of CDPs and connected data. We talked about how to unify and activate your customer data. And yesterday we talked about content specifically and how you could present relevant content in real time to your customers using a Smart Hub CDP. Today we're going to continue the conversation and talk a little bit about merchandising and how you can deliver relevant product recommendations. All right, here's the fourth installment of Connected Data Week with Josh Francia, Chief Growth Officer at BlueShift. Josh, welcome back to Connected Data Week on the MarTech Podcast. Good to be back. Excited to continue the conversation. Yesterday, we focused on how you can unify your data and activate it and deliver the right message to the right customer at the right time. And that, to me, is really like half of the battle. It's a marketing channel using a CDP. How do I distribute messages? There's sort of a second half of this is what am I actually trying to sell to the customer? And there's a merchandising component, not just how do I get content to get them to engage with me? What am I trying to sell to them? Talk to me about how Smart Hub CDPs are useful for product recommendations and merchandising. I think it's you know an extension of the content side of things, right? So Smart Hub CDPs grab all of your product information in real-time updates. So they know what's in stock, what is almost out of stock, you know, what other people have purchased, what things may be trending. And they can use that information to influence the purchasing behaviors of different people. So I think those types of signals are critical when you're trying to drive conversions on certain products tied with the interest that you understand from the person's behavior. So you tie in this kind of concept of what's happening with the products, right? Independent of the customer's interest and then tie that together. Then you get 
someone's interested in these types of categories, these types of products, and these specific products are the ones that we should recommend to this person for a variety of different reasons. It seems like there's a couple ways where this could get really, really confusing. Look, we're presenting a customer based on their segment with a piece of content. And if they engage with that piece of content, then when they get to the website, we're going to present merchandising for the type of products people want from the content that they clicked on. On the flip side, you've got personalized recommendations. You know, maybe there's segmentation based on time or what their previous experience was. It seems like there's so many different signals that you would be ingesting to try to figure out what segment someone's in, what content they're interested in. How do you figure out what products to actually present when you are getting multiple data sources or multiple pieces of information just from one experience? You can get a lot of data. And so that's where I think when you have a lot of data, you need a lot of help from AI to help with sort through that data. And that's the benefit of collaborative filtering, other predictive type of filtering, where it can take all the data and say, hey, these are all products that are relevant to Ben. But this, these three are the most relevant, right? Let's order them by this AI ranking of likelihood to engage. And that helps you make decisions where you can't do that by yourself, right? So even if you had all the tools to build out hundreds of product recommendations manually, you wouldn't be able to personalize each one for each person. It'd be impossible. And so AI helps you with that and says, yes, Ben is in this segment. Ben's shown these signals. Ben's interested in this content. And all of all the things I could show Ben from all these products, these are the top five, or this is the top one. And that really helps you connect all these data signals, make use of them, but actually streamline the experience for the customer. Because the customer doesn't want to come to a website or an experience and be like barfed on with hundreds of different things. It's just like too much to process, right? Paradox of choice becomes a big problem. So as marketers and as product people and others, they have to really distill down what is the most relevant thing at this moment. I don't know why this popped into my head, but one of my favorite brands of all time, it's a clothing company called Marine Layer. And I love their stuff. I was around when they first started and they drive me nuts because every time I get an email from them, it's always, here's the top girls clothing items. And then below that, it's like, by the way, guys buy our clothes too. And I'm like, how do you not know that not only I am male, (laughs) look, gender is fluid these days. Let's not make any assumptions here, but like I buy boys clothing. That's something that you should understand. You have my email. I've clicked on them and I've bought stuff. Why aren't you giving me personalized product recommendations? Right. So there's an overlap here between not only the product recommendations that you have, but also the content recommendations you use as well. How much does a marketer have to sort of step in? Obviously, there's artificial intelligence that's saying, hey, these are the best products to recommend to Ben when he's buying shirts. Let's show him the men's stuff and the plaid shirts. Does the marketer have to come in and sort of set rules and guidelines for the artificial intelligence? Is it just like we're using pure data? You know, what's the level of control that you have when you're setting up the product recommendations? Yeah, marketers should. They should come in and set some guidelines, right? So the AI will help do a lot of the heavy lifting for you that you can't do by yourself, but it does not know your business as well as you do. So a marketer can come in and say, yes, this is great product recommendation for Ben, but he bought one of these three weeks ago unlikely he's going to buy another one. So maybe we don't do that. Maybe we pull out recent purchases out of from last three weeks, or maybe we don't show things that we have very low stock in because by the time Ben shows up to the website, it may not be available anymore. And that could be a very poor thing. Even though it's very relevant to him, it may not be available. So those are the types of pushes and pulls you can do as a marketer 
to make sure the experience is really good and work alongside your AI. We don't believe in a kind of rogue AI that just runs and does everything without any kind of governance or guidance. It's a tool now that you can use to better make your experiences more relevant to your customers. And that's critical as you think about how do I become this personalized omni-channel experience for everybody. There's also the notion that artificial intelligence isn't something that's easy to do at small scale. So look, if I'm starting an e-commerce store, if I'm building a new content play, if I'm running a B2B SaaS business that just doesn't rely on tons and tons of data, can I use artificial intelligence and will it be any good without giving it the mass amount of data that most businesses that use it might want? There's definitely a perception as well as truth behind that, right? So there needs to be enough data for certain AI models to make sense. And those are mostly around propensity type scoring models. And you just need enough conversion events to actually occur in order to actually say, well, what people are likely to do those events in the future. But when you have certain events that have higher propensities, those models can work on smaller amounts of data. So really, it's the signal-to-noise ratio needs to be high enough for the predictions to make sense. And so if we think about engaged time optimization as as an AI model, it's looking at a ton of different data signals. And those can be high-velocity data signals, right? One person could have a website visit, a mobile app open, an email open, and clicked on your ads or something. So it's not as binary, and you can use all those data signals to influence the model saying, this person's engaging. So those types of models can actually work on lower volumes. They don't need tons of data. Uh, models are saying, hey, how likely is this person to convert on this specific product? Well, you need to have enough conversions on that product to actually make sense for that model. We talked about personalization, meaning I'm changing the recommendations based on your existing buyer behaviors. If you're reaching out to net new customers, what's the way that you're delivering personalized experiences when you don't know anything about them? That's where it comes into people like you. So you do this kind of filtering and collaborative filtering of profiles that look similar to you. Now, if you have very little data, it's going to be harder. And then maybe it's not as accurate in the beginning. But as you become a little bit personalized, I think there's levels of personalization. I mean, you made a joke around, hey, this company is recommending girls' clothes to me. Well, they know you're not a girl. Do they? Well, maybe they do. Maybe (laughs) they don't. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And I had the same experience with an insurance company where I literally just bought a policy from them. And five days later, I got like this email saying, hey, you should really buy a policy from us. I'm like, I just did. <laughs> you know. And so those are types of things that are just kind of basic levels of relevance that can happen. And as you get those relevant breadcrumbs, it actually influences more of the personalization. It seems like there's a lot of nuance that the marketers, the merchandisers actually have to go through to get this right. How much work does it take to get the Smart Hub CDP and all the rules that you have to create these campaigns? Is this something that, you know, the artificial intelligence is doing most of the heavy lifting and you're setting up some preliminary rules? Or is this like your email automation where you're just constantly creating new rules, new triggers, new campaigns? No, no, no. I mean, if you do it right, it should be the first. Artificial intelligence is doing most of the heavy lifting and you're coming in and just kind of guiding it to your desired results and then measuring the results. Most of the companies that we work with, they save about 50 hours a week by using a Smart Hub CDP versus multiple different channels and multiple different marketing platforms to accomplish the same thing. And not only do they accomplish it with less time, they accomplish it with higher effectiveness. So that's the value, right? Like why in the world would you do something that's gonna be harder and longer and not be more productive, right? That'd be insanity. And so 
it not only is it more productive, but it's also more efficient the way you're doing it because you're leveraging AI to help you with some of your activities. It saves you 50 hours a week, which also seems like insanity to me because who the heck's working 50 hours a week these days? Those are teams, but yeah. <laughs> oh, my bad. I just think that's like two weeks of work for me. Yeah, exactly. All right. 50 hours a week, more relevant product recommendations almost seems too good to be true. And here's the nice thing is it works not just in one channel, but across every channel. We're going to talk about omni-channel experiences in tomorrow's episode as we wrap up Connected Data Week. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Josh Francia, Chief Growth Officer at BlueShift. If you'd like to hear more of Josh and BlueShift's tips to effectively connecting your data, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when Josh and I talk about omni-channel experiences that drive loyalty. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Josh, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Josh Francia, J-O-S-H-F-R-A-N-C-I-A, or you could visit his company's website, which is blueshift.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.